Here's Pastor Ed with a brief preview of today's edition of Voice of Faith. Either it's true or it's not. Either everything that Jesus said is accurate or we've been deceived. Jesus Christ truly is who he said he is. Even when our experiences blot out the sun and make everything seem dark. And they're trying, and they stop us in our tracks. In today's message, Pastor Ed wants us to address the subject of doubt. Doubting is natural. But what would happen if we started to believe that what Jesus said and did was inaccurate? What if we let our circumstances dictate who we think God is? This untruth can wedge its way into us and cause us to fall into a dark place. However, if we cling to the truth of the Bible, we can see that Jesus is who he says he is, and always will be, even when we can't see it in our present circumstance. Well, here's Pastor Ed in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11, with his continuing study entitled, Are You Really the One? And in this crisis, he wrote a book anonymously, discussing and working through his own emotions. A Grief Observed was the title of the book. Listen to his words, this great man of faith. When you are happy, so happy you have no sense of needing him, so happy that you are tempted to feel his claims upon you as an interruption, if you remember yourself and turn to him with gratitude and praise, you will be, or so it feels, welcomed, with open arms. But go to him when your need is desperate, when all other help is vain. What do you find? A door slammed in your face and the sound of bolting and double bolting on the inside. After that, silence. John the Baptist, I think, felt something similar. Silence. Where is God? Where are you? There are times in our lives where we hit a trying circumstance, where we meet a circumstance that stops us dead in our tracks, and we question our value. We wonder what life is all about. We question the meaning of our existence. And in those dark moments, we could doubt in the darkness what God has shown us in the light. And that's where John is. We must remind ourselves that those dark emotions that overwhelm us are not God's voice. And even when we can't trace his hand, we can trust his heart. John had these experiences that were trying and that stopped him in his tracks. But there was also something else that tripped him up, that stumbled him in this journey of faith. It was expectations that he had. The expectations that create doubt. It says, when John heard in prison what Christ was doing. Notice the emphasis, what Christ was doing. John didn't quite understand Jesus. 
Jesus' ministry and his work didn't fit in with what John had in mind for Messiah to do. John was a, a prophet of righteousness. Turn the nation back to God. John was a prophet of right and wrong. Everything was black and white. Here Jesus was eating and drinking with sinners. Things hadn't changed since Messiah came. The political structures, the religious structures were still there. And yet, Jesus was ministering. See, John said he's coming with a a winnowing fork. He's going to separate the wheat from the chaff. He expected justice. The passages about Messiah talk about justice, talk about judgment. But at that moment, John didn't fully understand the coming of Christ, that he was going to come first in grace, then in judgment. First, in mercy to bring redemption and salvation. Then when he would come again, it would be in the wrath and judgment of God. John didn't see those passages, yet he was filled with the Spirit from childhood, from birth, from the womb, yet he was a man of the Word. We must remind ourselves again and again there are mysteries There are things about God and his plan that we don't understand. And when we come face to face with those mysteries, we can choose to wrap our lives around questions and live in a question mode. Or we can simply say, Lord, I'm going to put it in your hands. The passage of scripture that we're dealing with here shows us that God so patiently works with the honest doubter. There are some people that simply doubt so that they don't have to serve. They doubt so that they don't have to walk with God. Henry Drummond said, Christ Distinguished between doubt and unbelief. Doubt says I can't believe. Unbelief says I won't believe. Doubt is honest. Unbelief is obstinate. It was Stuart McAllister. He was on a mission. He was crossing over in the communist countries to Czechoslovakia. During this time when he was smuggling Bibles and hymn books and Christian literature, he was caught by the communist. They placed him in jail with his companion. And he expected God to get him out quickly, God to do certain things for him because he was doing the work of God, serving God, and it didn't unfold the way he expected or anticipated. And he writes later on in reflection these words. He said, since I had never given any conscious thought to worldviews in general, or mine in particular, I was unaware how many unexamined assumptions I was living by. I did not realize how little change had penetrated my heart. And under the pressure, the gaps were painfully revealed and felt. From the perspective of time, I can now answer these questions meaningfully. But I needed the experience of doubt and hardship 
to show me how much I did not know or was not rooted in biblical answers to these core questions. John, your expectations of Jesus were not correct. And oftentimes Christians have expectations of what Jesus will do. God, here's my agenda. Do it this way. Here's my timeline. God, do it this way. Only to discover that God has a mind of his own. Only to discover that God is sovereign and sees what we don't see and works in ways far above and beyond our ways. As Isaiah the prophet said, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. The NIV translates 55.8, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. There are things about life, about the journey, that we just don't always get a hold of. I was in the hospital visiting one of our congregants prior to surgery, and I read a passage found in Psalm 88 from the message translation because this person had gone through just such a long time of trials. And Psalm 88 read, God, put me on your salvation agenda. My life has been filled with trouble. (laughs) Do you ever feel that way? God, would you put me on your agenda? My life has been filled with trouble. It seems like there are seasons where there's no light at the end of the tunnel, that it just keeps on going on and on and on, and things don't change. And in that moment, we could be tempted to doubt, to question. To wonder. But that can be a moment of growth, a moment of faith, a moment of spiritual development where we begin to understand better God's mind and God's heart, a place of revelation of his ways. Jesus said, Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. Those words were spoken to John through his disciples. Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. Blessed is the man who doesn't stumble. He doesn't trip. Sometimes God just confuses us. He doesn't do things the way we think he should do things. We feel our circumstances are so trying. They stop us in our tracks. Or our expectations of how God will work, what God will do. Uh, We've been praying and praying and praying, but those prayers seem to go unanswered. We've been doing what we know to do, but things don't change. They go from bad to worse. In those times, we need to do what John did. He took his questions to God. He didn't stew in them. He didn't stir them around. He didn't wrap himself around that question. But he simply took them to Jesus. The encounter that converts our doubt. 
In Matthew 11, 4 to 6, Jesus is replying to the question, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cured. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. The good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. Uh, Those words were a, a compilation of various text in the book of Isaiah. And they would ring in John's ears as John knew the scriptures so well. They were messianic. See, what Jesus did is tell John what I'm doing. And in Matthew 8, in Matthew 9, in Matthew 10, you have Jesus healing the lame, Jesus restoring hearing to the deaf, Jesus curing the leopard, Jesus raising the dead, him preaching the gospel to the poor. Look at the life changes that are happening, John. Look at the transformation in the hearts, the minds, and the lives of people. John, look at that. That's the work of Messiah. One of the greatest testimonies of the validity of Christianity is the transformation that happens in people's lives. Those bound by drug and alcohol, free to live a life of righteousness. Those bound by the powers of darkness and sin, free to live holy and godly lives. Men and women transformed throughout this congregation, throughout this church. Men and women could stand up and say, Jesus freed me. Jesus healed me. Jesus redeemed me. That's what Jesus was saying. John, look at the changed lives. Look at the impact. The difficulty when we go through questions The difficulty is that we could veer off the right path onto the wrong path. Our doubts could become cynicism if we don't take them to God, if we don't lay them at his feet. James Stalker, a a preacher in the 19th century, said, never is religious doubt so dangerous as when It is made an excuse for giving the reins to the flesh. He who, though perplexed in faith, remains pure in deeds will ultimately fight his way through doubt and come safely out on the other side. And that's what's going to happen. He's going to get an answer from Jesus. That answer is that these people have been healed. These people have been redeemed. The gospel is being preached to the poor. John had his perspective. He had a picture of what Messiah was to do and to be. That picture that he had didn't correspond to the picture that God the Father created in eternity past. And God the Father wasn't going to do any touch-up work on his portrait of Christ, Messiah. God was not going to change his will for John's mind. Listen to the words of Isaiah, the prophet, concerning Messiah. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. That's what it's about. So many times Christians today can look at the political scene 
the religious scene, and we wonder, what's happening? The church seems so powerless, so weak, so insignificant in the culture. It did back then. There can be questions that put our lives on pause. But if we take them to God, he'll answer them in his way and he'll help us work through those doubts. But there is something else that Jesus did. Jesus is going to give an affirmation of faith. But I like the quote of C. Stephen Evans when he said, either Jesus is who he says he is, in which case Christianity is true in a way no other religion is, or else Jesus is not who he says he is, in which case the very essence of Christianity is not true at all. Either it's true or it's not. Either everything that Jesus said is accurate or we've been deceived. Jesus Christ truly is who he said he is. Even when our experiences blot out the sun and make everything seem dark. And they're trying and they stop us in our tracks. Or when our expectations don't match the reality of our situation, don't throw out your faith. Adjust your expectations. That's what I believe the scripture is teaching us. Listen to the words of Jesus, so gracious to John the Baptist. In verses 7 to 10, you see this affirmation. John's disciples were leaving. Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the desert to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No. Those who wear fine clothes are in king's palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Jesus affirms. Jesus confirms the calling of John at John's weakest moment. Now, his, John's disciples are leaving and Jesus is speaking, and I'm sure that word got back to the prison cell. You know what Jesus said? Well, what did he say? He said that you were one of the greatest of all the prophets. You were the greatest prophet in the Old Testament. He didn't reject him. And God's not going to reject you. He's not going to turn you away when you come with your doubts, your fears, your questions. He's not going to push you aside. He's going to so gently lift you and help you and be with you. It reminds me of another prophecy spoken about Messiah. The prophecy is found in Isaiah 42.3. A bruised reed he will not break. A smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. A bruised reed he will not break. Reeds were something very common that shepherds would pick from the fields. Uh, They would make flutes out of them. A reed was not something worth very much. When that reed would break, the shepherd would just discard it. It says, a bruised reed the Lord would not discard. Maybe your life is not making the melodious music it once made. 
Maybe the sweet songs aren't rising from you as they once did. Doesn't mean Jesus will cast you aside. He said, a smoking wick he will not snuff out. Even if the fire is growing dim, and even if it's about to just disappear, he'll fan it into a flame. He'll nurture it. There John was in prison, and look how Jesus treated him. In grace and in mercy. When you feel like you're going to stumble, and you feel like Jesus' inactivity or activity confuses you, and you wonder, is he really who he said? How can it be that it's been centuries since the promise of his coming? Could the disciples have had any idea that it would be two millenniums? Before the return of the Lord? His ways aren't our ways. Peter said, a thousand years in God's sight is like one year in ours. What happens is when we work through our doubts, our faith is stronger. It's informed. It could face the execution's block. Just like John did when he was martyred. It could face the most trying of circumstances because you know the shepherd is with you. One writer said our faith needs to be adjusted. And it said sometimes uh, we wonder like John about Jesus. He said we thought maybe he'd make our lives easy. But he calls us to live more deeply. We thought he'd erase our suffering, but we discovered him next to us in our pain. We thought he put us on top, but he tells us to identify with those on the bottom. We thought he'd make us strong. He calls us to learn strength through weakness. We thought he'd destroy our enemies He tells us to love them. We thought he'd make us leaders, but he invites us to be servants. Take whatever experience, it may have stopped you in your tracks, it may have stretched you to the limits. Take whatever expectations you had of God And maybe the reality of your experience and the expectation doesn't match. Don't throw out your faith. But do what Charles F. Deems says. Believe your beliefs and doubt your doubts. Do not make the mistake of doubting your beliefs and believing your doubts. As you think about your journey... Perhaps you're asking, Lord, where are you? Perhaps you're questioning some things that you've believed. Would you take them to the Lord with the assurance that you'll find grace and mercy and help in the time of your struggle? 
The Christmas season is always a busy time of year. The hustle and bustle to get all the gifts wrapped and ready. The preparation of the meal where family gathers to celebrate. It's easy to lose sight of what's most important in this season. We're sharing this special four-part series on the Advent season with hopes that Jesus truly will be the reason for the season. Thanks for joining us today. You've been listening to Voice of Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now, we want to encourage you to log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and check out the Voice of Faith Radio media player. To stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Voice of Faith, subscribe to our Twitter feed at VOFRadio1. Again, to follow the Voice of Faith Twitter feed or to access the archive of messages, log on to voiceoffaithradio.com. Or if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Voice of Faith. On behalf of Pastor Ed, Faith Assembly, and the entire production team, we want to say Merry Christmas.